0: Well, good morning, everybody, and first-time guests, as Julie said, welcome. My name's Darren Davis, senior pastor here, and, and I get the honor of getting to teach today among an incredible team of multiple equippers in this house. As Julie said, this is a time on Sunday mornings where we get um, inspired and, and infused with the word of the Lord, and we go out and then we live our lives in in, in the spheres of influence that God's placed us and and bring the kingdom into those spaces, right? So I get to just teach today, we've been in a build series, and this month, particularly, we've been looking at building others, and building others by having a, a culture of the kingdom in our own hearts, and I want to talk about the culture of the kingdom as it relates to prayer this morning, specifically as it relates to prayer. We're, we're a church and a community of people who believe strongly that prayer moves mountains. Can I get an amen? So we're going to look at that today just through the lens of, of, of the word of the Lord, and, and I'm, just, I'm really feeling something on what I have to share with you today. And I want to start out by, by, by giving you this, this quote from Thomas Keating. And he said this. He says, because, listen, we're, we're all on a journey. And, and I believe that the body of Christ is in a key moment right now in its history. And it's important for us to recognize this. And look what he says. He says, if you stay on the spiritual journey long enough, listen to what he says here. The practices that sustained your faith. We'll fall short but if we stay on the journey because see when that happens it can be very disillusioning right you you men you've known a certain way of walking with God but God always is trying to shift things up in our lives to keep it fresh to keep it real to keep us relevant in relationship with him right but he says but if we stay on the journey we will find out that it's actually an invitation to go deeper with God. So as I talk about prayer this morning, I'm actually wanting to invite you in to a deeper place with God than you've ever been as I expound from the word of the Lord. That's what's happening this morning. It's an invitation to you to look at things maybe a little bit differently and go to new places with the Lord. This morning, Shannon was actually even feeling some things in our pre-service connect about, you know, the end of the year, there being rapid acceleration Because the end of things sometimes is the best of things to position us to launch out into new things, right? Coming in January. So this last week I was traveling, and I'm going to share a little bit more about that later because I have a practical illustration I want to use in in trying to communicate what God's placed in my heart. But I met some global leaders on this trip, and these global leaders, they, they asked me this question, which was was, was there, God was working in my heart the whole time. I was on a very brief trip, but he was, he was doing some deep things on the inside of me, and they asked me this question, and they said, who is the harbor, and what are you guys about in one sentence? I was like, oh my God, man. I'm ready for this. We're transformed people who are transforming culture. It just, And they were like, whoa. I was like, yeah, the gospel has the power to change our lives. And our lives give permission to culture to receive the same kind of transformation because of the blood of Jesus. Come on. And it just spilled out. Transformed people, transforming culture. This is the work of the kingdom that we are giving ourselves to. Now, I want you to see this in John chapter 5 as we kick this off. Jesus is ministering. John chapter 5, verse 16, and he's being once again harassed by the religious leaders of the day. Wow, man, what Jesus had to endure in trying to bring ministry to a hurting world, unfortunately, the majority of his problems came from the church. But he's ministering. And they're harassing him for breaking the Sabbath rules. See, they had known a certain system and structure in how they, quote-unquote, related to God. And Jesus was now on the earth, and he was reaping havoc and causing all kinds of problems by disrupting their norm. And he says in verse 17, as he replies to them, Jesus I think Samuel said this last week, is so brilliant in how he replies to certain situations. He says, my father is always working and so am I. That's what he says. The response of the Jewish leaders is, let's kill this guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, sometimes revelation, it might even get you killed. Can I get amen? So, Always working. I want to just focus on that for just a minute because we've been called to the work of the kingdom and we all have a part to play in this, right? And Jesus said, I am always working. Contextually, what does that mean? What it means is word and deed. Word, what we say and what we do are in constant motion and constant alignment with each other. What would it look like if what the church said and what the church did were the same thing? Oh, man. Ooh. What would our lives look like if we had congruency, if what we said, what we proclaim, is what we actually lived out? So Jesus was always... In that place, as he was ministering the work of the kingdom on the earth, he was always working. Those things were always aligned. You know what? The beautiful thing is, we get to be just like Jesus. Because we carry him. We carry his essence. As Abby was singing about this morning, it's inside of us. That's mind-blowing to me. Now, to give some just some more context theologically to this, this reality of work. It is not a performance deal. It is not. It is not a performance deal. Look what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 19. He says, I tell you the truth, because he's trying to give them some, some understanding. I'm always working. What I say and what I do are the same thing. But look where he gets and derives his source of power. He says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. In other words, He had to be connected to the Father to even be able to execute on the earth what He was called to do. You see, for us, it's the same thing. We have to be connected. If you've ever, come on, if you've ever tried to do anything spiritual that had eternal significance, And you were trying to accomplish that in your own strength. Has anybody else besides me fell (laughs) flat on their face? You're like, God, why? Why does this happen to me? He's like, just stay connected. This is not complex. You're trying to do this on your own. Trying to do this in your own power and your own strength. So Jesus says, listen, I only do what I see the Father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. So it's not a performance culture. It's a culture that's empowered by the grace of God, right? And it's by seeing clearly. You see, the key here, i got to point this out. The work we're called to do, we will only be able to build up other people and bring transformation to their lives and to the culture around us, is if we see clearly. I only see, I only do, sorry, what I see the Father doing. If we see clearly, we will be able to walk out what we have been called to do. Is this making sense? Just nod, say yes. All right? Now, here's the thing. Prayer ties into this. Because prayer is all about seeing clearly. All right? Now, whether it is meditative prayer, which is more contemplative, like we, we, we meditate on who Jesus is, we meditate on the word of the Lord, we're not really saying much, we're just sitting in quiet and we're meditating on that. How many of you know that in that place, your eyes are actually being open to see? Or if it's intercessory, meaning declarative in nature. You're, you're grabbing a hold of something and then you're saying what you've seen or heard and, and, and you're able to have greater understanding, right, in that moment. You're, you're declaring what you've seen. One is meditative. You're just taking it in. And the other one is you're declaring it out. How many of you know I believe that both are important in our journey as Christians? Listen, there is a challenge right now because of all that is inundating us. To actually sit and be quiet. There is, there is scientific proof out there of all the stuff, all the information that we are exposed to. Our brains are, hey, <laughs> um, sorry, there's a tongue moment there by accident. It was not spirit of the Lord. That was just me, okay? So anyhow, don't get afraid. Anyhow, our minds are going, and we can't meditate on the word of the Lord. Intercessory. I I remember when I was going to Bible school, Wendy and I, Gordon Lindsay, who was the founder of our school, he said, we should be praying one violent prayer a day. We should be meditating, and we should be declaring every day. Right, but prayer. Here's what I want to focus on. That's that's a whole another teaching for another time. Prayer is simply coming into agreement. Everybody, say that word. With what we have seen, prayer is not us. Talking and saying all kinds. Remember Jesus, he would even, like, listen, don't pray like the Pharisees. They just fill the air with words. This is not about words. This is not about an exchange or something that we, you know, like, have you ever been in those prayer meetings and it's kind of quiet and you're like, I got to say something. I just got to say something. It's just too quiet here. I got to say something. You know, it's actually coming into agreement with what we're seeing. That's where the power is. Because why is prayer so important in building up other people to transform culture? Because the kingdom of God, catch this, everybody listening, is built and sustained on agreements. All of society is actually built on agreements. Some not very good agreements. We're called to tear down those agreements and reestablish new agreements with our lives between us and God, aligned with his word and aligned with the culture of the kingdom of heaven. This is what we are to do. I'll show this to you out of the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at this. It's right in the gospel right here. He says, in the same way, Jesus breaking bread with his disciples, he took the cup of wine after the supper saying... This is the new covenant between God and his people. And he defines what it is. He said, it's an agreement. Confirmed my, my own life being laid down for you. This wasn't just some religious deal. Jesus gave the essence of his life to establish this agreement that was going to be able to change the human heart and see it restored to what it was always intended to be like. This is powerful. If you can grab a hold of this agreement and see it and say yes to it, you will be powerful in the earth as well. You see, I believe this. I believe Verbalize, come on everybody, verbalize the unity or agreement with what the Father is doing will unlock the grace of God in our midst to see transformation. Unity is paramount, and seeing clearly is our first step. see, in my own life, people don't understand this a lot about me, but I'm always working, meaning I'm always looking to try to see what the Father's doing. Because, you know, we hear that verse, I see what the Father's doing. What we, You know, it, how does that apply to us? Are we supposed to, like, close our eyes and, like, okay, Father, what are you doing in heaven right now? Okay, now I'm laying by the pool in heaven. I mean, no. Seeing what the Father is doing is opening our eyes to culture, opening our eyes to what's going on around us, opening our eyes to the relationships that are sitting right next to us and saying, God, what are you doing? Where are you moving? What are you breathing on? What are you not breathing on? What are you? Which way are you directing us to go here? And, and man, the, the whole mission as believers, we should be finding where God is moving and jump in on that thing. Most of the time, we're doing so many other things that seem so good, seem so religious, seem so significant, and God ain't in the majority of those things. So I'm just always looking. I'm always trying to leverage agreement, so to speak, with what I see the Father doing in the realms of influence that He's given me. And you have to do the same thing. Like, you have certain realms of influence and authority. And if you don't leverage agreement... With what you're seeing and partner with that, we're not going to see movement fully here. So we've had these friends living in a Middle Eastern nation now for five years that were part of this community. They met and were, uh, actually they didn't meet here, they were married through our church and they had this desire to take the gospel into a Muslim nation, which how many of you know, that's a pretty scary thought right on the front end right there, right? And the long and short of it is through what God was doing through our church here, um, beautiful things happened on the inside of them and they got prepared and they went and planted themselves in this nation. So I have not been able to see them for five years over there in that country. They've been back here several times and We've hung out. We've connected. They look to the harbor as their home church, as their spiritual family, and they look to myself and our other leadership as a covering, if you will, to their lives and what they're doing in that nation, right? So out of the blue, I hear God say, I need you to go and just spend some time over there with them in this nation, which shall remain nameless for the sake of their security and mine as well, but I I felt like I was to go, and I'm like, oh, God... You know uh for you know <laughs> there's a lot of thoughts that come when when you when you hear that and, and are, are, am I to go and anyhow, the long story uh, short, I ended up going on leaving on Sunday night and I got back on Friday, so I was literally on the ground in that particular nation for three days. Don't try that at home. come on somebody. but there was so much grace on the time, and here's what I want to say to you because you need to understand this I don't get this i I don't I, I can't even really figure this out. For whatever reason, God has put global influence on our church. It's not something we've tried to do, it's just something the Father has been doing, is doing, and I I submit will probably be doing in the future. And for whatever reason, He brings these people that have grace and gifting to to go to these places and live in these places, and they want to stay connected. So you need to understand that. So when I went there on this trip, representing our house for these three days, I had this question in my heart. I was like, Lord, I need to see what you're doing as it relates to missions and what it's going to look like for us going forward, especially in lands like this one that I'm going to. That was in my spirit. Now, you got to understand that being a missionary in a Muslim nation, how many of you know that that's not really celebrated in that country? In this one, it's actually illegal. In fact, if you're a citizen of this nation and you convert out of Islam to any other faith, you could be arrested and imprisoned. It is illegal to convert to another religion in this nation. So I'm sitting there going, God, I need to see what you're up to. And this is going to actually pull us right back to what's going on here. So I'm not going on some mission speech here this morning, all right? Bear with me. So Kyle was with me on the trip, actually, and they were talking to us about this school, American school that was established by some American Christians, and a shakeup happened in the school where the founder of the school got ejected out of the nation because they uncovered that they weren't really there to educate the kids of the nation that I'm speaking in particular and that they were actually there in this, you know, covert operation to just convert people to Jesus. Now listen, their hearts were good and well for the cause of the gospel. But I want you to think about this with me for just a minute. They weren't representing excellence in the educational space. Because the majority of the people that had come over weren't even qualified to be teachers. Now, I can imagine if you're in that moment, your founder just got ejected. The whole school is changing. You could think, my God, the devil is on the move. Right? And he very well may be. But you need to hear me, church, and you need to hear me clearly. God is way bigger than the devil. In fact, every single thing that he's trying to do in culture right now, God is, if we could just see, he is turning it all around. For the ultimate good. If we could just see. I met many of this couple's friends that were in that school. And because of how they were doing things over in that nation, they didn't know the language. They weren't connecting with too many people in the country. But they were there for Jesus. Now, the couple that's working with our church, they were fluent in Arabic. Arabic. They had built a myriad of relationships with people because they actually got involved in legitimate business. And they were living and working and doing life in that nation just as people are part of that country now. So I don't want to go into the whole story, but we're sitting there. And the conversation, talking to this couple, and I could tell the conversation turned they said, listen, um, because of what we feel like God is doing with us, we don't feel like we're to receive traditional missionary support anymore. Because that's not there's there's not integrity in that. That would make what we're doing here actually illegal. We want to be legit in this nation. And I could see the look on the young man's face, who, you know, was like a spiritual son to me. And I could tell he was afraid to say that to me. Because you know, in typical church, hey, listen. Now all of a sudden, the structure of authority could be changing in this moment. What's Darren going to think? But I was looking, not for what kind of earthly power we could have through some position, but I was looking for, Father, what are you doing? And as soon as he said it, I said, my God, this is Jesus. So a lady, 38 years old, Something I felt like as soon as I agreed, something opened up. I don't mean to sound weird here, okay? I'm not weird. I'm a very practical person. Like, you know, other people may be doing all kinds of things in worship. I'm just kind of, most of the time my hands are in my pockets, and I'm just like, but something happened when we saw what God was up to, and we we came together, and we agreed on what Jesus was doing. The next minute, a lady who worked with them, who was illiterate and poor, walks in the door. Kyle was there. He's my witness. And she, she had told them, she said, I had a dream that your priest had come to our nation And when I walked in to his presence, I felt peace from God. And then she begins to open up to the couple who are translating for us, saying, listen, i got a serious issue right now. I have a a problem with my gallbladder, and I am in extreme pain. It is severe, but the problem is, to get into the clinic that's provided by the government, they have me scheduled out for a year and a half from now. Now, I identified with this because Wendy knows I had my gallbladder removed. When I had an issue, I told her, call the ambulance because I'm dying right now. I know what the pain of that feels like. Can you imagine this woman is thinking a year and a half from now is when they're going to be able to see me? She was desperate, and she didn't have the money to afford the private clinic. And you know what she did? She looked at us and she said, "Would the, your priest and the young priest priesty that came with him? Would you please have them pray for me?" And she knew it was in the name of Jesus. In fact, we found out later that she's had two other dreams of this man in this white robe coming to her. Listen to me. We may think whatever about whatever Muslim nation, Jesus is already showing up there, and he's already starting to move in those countries. It's not as scary as we think if we could only see what God is doing. there was a point we had to run an errand and we, we didn't know if we'd even be there to pray for her. And she said, she said it's okay. I, I don't need you to be here to pray for me. God is the one that heals. If you just pray for me, I know that I'm going to get healed. I was like, what kind of faith does this woman have? So the disciples, wherever they saw Jesus go into, they would ask him this question. We see this in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Teach us how to pray. Because they saw whenever he came into a certain place, beautiful, amazing things would happen because he would see what God was doing and he would agree with it and a power would be released. That simple. So they're like, teach us how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, I'm ending with this. He tells them, hey, listen, pray like this. Kingdom come, will of God be done. You know, we can get really religious in reciting that kind of stuff. What is he saying there? What he's saying is, when he says, kingdom come, he's talking about the cultural manifestation of his heart. Please track with me. This is very important as I close this up. When he's saying, kingdom come, he's talking about what his heart is like, for real, Darren, why do you guys teach in Harbor Life about the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit? Because we want you to understand his heart. It's not always represented well and seen very well through the life of equippers, unfortunately. So the kingdom come is the cultural manifestation of his heart. You have to be able to see that. And then will be done is his desired outcome. Now, Lord, help me to explain this because it's important as I, I just bring this thing home. We must be able to see well in both arenas when God is moving at a particular season or there will be a mess. Let me just say this. This is another message for another time. But I believe... There's those in the generation that are grabbing a hold of the heart of God. Don't say amen, yes, because it's actually, it's an amen, yes, but it's, it's actually, just hear me out here. All right, so they're grabbing a hold of the heart of God, but they can't see clearly the desired outcome. So they're deconstructing everything. Because they've seen in the institution stuff not being done in alignment with the heart of the Father. So they're deconstructing. There's another generation that sees the desired outcome, but can't see his heart. And they run the risk of abiding in a structure that no longer has any life. Mm. I could have gone over to this nation with traditional missions in my mind. But I had to see where God's heart was at in this and what His outcome was going to be. The other other thing, seeing the heart of God, if if you can't see the desired outcome, you run the risk of being a massive blob of flesh with no structure, just laying on the floor All filled up with the heart of God, but not going anywhere for the next 20 years. You see, structure is not bad. Structure is the skeleton that holds the flesh and bones of life upon it. And if you deconstruct and pull out the skeleton, you will be a blob of God's love that's not getting anything done. Are you following me? Now, if you only see where things are going, but you don't carry his heart, you will be in a cold, dark institution that will continue to dwindle to nothingness. And all the while, you will be fighting for God, God, God has it to be like this. Do you see the tension? And I as a pastor and our team have to try to pull these two groups together in prayer to see, God, what are you up to on the earth right now? Because here's what I'm feeling. I don't want to waste time in either space. I don't want to be a blob wasting time, and I don't want to be some rigid thing, wasting time. I want to be aligned with the heart of the Father that opens up something that we could never see in our own power. And people, could you stand with me? When we start doing this, they'll start coming to us and say, Teach us how to pray. There's something about your life that's different. Lord, make us be laborers, workers who can see in this hour Help us to discern rightly your heart and your desired outcome. Grip us with kingdom come and grip us with will of God be done. Lord, we are in a moment right now as the body of Christ in the earth that looks scary But God, it is not scary. God, you are up to something so beautiful if we could only see it. And you will grant us grace in a short amount of time, even a few days, if you will, in a metaphorical way of saying it, to see something come to pass. Let us both grab your heart and your desired outcome. Let us grab your desired outcome while grabbing your heart Lord, let us move forward. God, let not just our words tear down, but God, let them build up the body of Christ that you have been building for 2,000 years. You never did that to the church. You came and you equipped and you spoke to the human heart and you got it aligned for those who would have eyes to see. Just as I close this morning, the Lord wants me to ask you, do you want your own way, or do you want to see what He sees? What do you want? Do you want your tradition? Do you want your new revolution? Which one do you want? Or do you want the heart of God? Do you want to know where He's going? And if you do, he will say, Blessed are you that you can see and understand the kingdom of God and what's happening on the earth. You will not be blinded any longer. Can we just, just before the Lord, God, we want to be those just like Jesus that are always working. No performance, at rest in watching what you're up to. Come on, church, come on, come on. Watching what you're doing. And we ask God today, where are you moving in South Florida? What are you doing down here in this community? God, what's happening in this moment in the life and the existence of this thing called the harbor? God, what is our role? God, what do you have for us in this moment? We ask for clarity. We ask for meditative reality. We ask for declarative, God, just words and, and, and agreement to come from this house like never before. God, take us into a new realm with you in Jesus' name. I say over you, no fear. And I say over you, the devil's not even big enough to get any more of your attention than he deserves. You look at what God is up to. You lean into Jesus. God is turning it all. If we would just see it and if we would just let him. He will bring the biggest uprising out of the most brokenness the earth has ever seen. This is what he does best. This is his moment right now. We love you, Lord. So as our ministry teams come, a lot of times even like with Jesus we can't even see who he is because we're so blinded by our own experience, by our own ideals, our own culture. If you don't know him today, come. He's so beautiful, he's so amazing. Following him is the is the greatest thing that you'll ever do with your life. Come and share with our team. Hey, I don't know this Jesus like you talked about today. Maybe you're in a season change you feel the tension of it or you feel the conflict of where you've been and the space that you've been in you're like there's no fruit here I feel truth on what I'm feeling but there's no fruit I'm not really getting any movement here humble yourself and see kingdom come will be done both ask him where he wants you to adjust things are going to keep changing doesn't mean he's changing. Doesn't mean the church is changing in its essence, in its culture. But it does mean that those who have never seen and those who have never heard will see and will hear. And we'll sit back as they come and ask us Show us the Father. got stuff going on in your bodies, we want to pray for you as well. Listen, God bless you guys. Have an awesome rest of your weekend. In Jesus' name.